Grade 7 Talk to Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts and find out more about their specialty. I'm your host for this episode, Logan. I am a student at College Park School in Lloydminster, Alberta. Before we get to know our expert for this episode, I want to, I want I just want to, sh- to share a little bit about who we are and what we will be doing in our podcast. We are a class of 25 grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting. We will be focusing on an experience-based learning system using a STEAM approach. That's STEAM. That stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. We want to answer that age-old question of why do I have to learn this by directly contacting what we study inside the classroom with the world outside the class school. For our podcast, students will be contacting an expert that they know in their lives. This person could be an expert in their profession or job or in what could be traditionally being considered a hobby or an interest. So without further delay, I'm pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who is an expert on training pilots for the Canadian Armed Forces, Captain Daniel Zalous. Well, hello and welcome. Yeah, thanks, Logan. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's get started to know you. Please tell us about yourself. Okay, um, so I'm originally from Toronto, uh, and I joined the military in uh, 2010. Uh, so I've been in just over uh, 10 years now. I um, I was a civilian pilot before. I flew, uh, I got my license um, after university. So I, I went to university in Toronto for engineering. And then I did a commercial pilot license. I joined the military um, and then I progressed through and became a fighter pilot. And then I'm now instructing fighter pilots. So what does your job entail? Um, so right now I'm actually, so for the summer, I'm, uh, I'm taking on the job of the demo pilot for 2021. So this summer I'll be traveling around Canada, uh, flying in air, air shows. And then, uh, in the fall, when I get back, I'll work on a conversion. Um, I used to instruct on the Hawk aircraft, which is our jet trainer in Canada. And then I'm going to be transitioning to teaching um, similar stuff, but on the F-18. So on my day-to-day, you know, we work mostly Monday to Friday and kind of an eight to five uh, routine. And um, we have about 10 students per year that come through to learn how to fly the F-18. So on a day-to-day, you might fly once, uh, sometimes twice per day. And then we have some other, we, we kind of take care of, Whereas a commercial pilot, maybe you have people uh, working in scheduling and operations. For us, we kind of do that all ourselves. So you might have other jobs as well on the squadron. So where, so where are you from and how, how many people are in your family when you're growing up? Uh, so I'm from Toronto. I have, um, I'm one of seven kids. I, um, so kind of a big family. I had five sisters and one brother growing up. Um, and then I was number five uh, born. Uh, so I grew up in Toronto and then I went to school in Toronto. And then I've spent time living in uh, various parts of the country. I, I lived in Quebec for a little while and then uh, Moose Jaw in Saskatchewan. And then uh, now for the last seven years, I've been in Cold Lake. How many people are in your, what is your family like now? Uh, my family, so, I mean, most of them still live in Ontario. 
Um, my I have one sister who's a doctor, an oncologist, and then another who's a, a transport nurse. Uh, she works in neonatal, which is like for you know kids or babies. But now she works as a transport nurse, so she's pretty busy these days. With um, for COVID nineteen, they're transporting patients all around Ontario. So now they're starting to work with adults as well, even though her specialty would be kind of more for kids. What is a typical day like for you? So a typical day, yeah. So mo mostly we would fly once per day. So for us, um, you know, compared to commercial flying, you might fly a five hour trip from Toronto to Vancouver. But for us, it's more um, involving each flight hour. So we might brief for an hour or more. Uh, we might be planning before that and studying. Uh, and then you do maybe an hour to two hour flight and then maybe, you know, one to two hours of debrief. So the whole, for one, one, potentially one hour of flight, you might be looking at five hours of work. Uh, the rest of the day, to be honest, like they, they it's really nice, the military family, um, in a, in a sense that, uh, my colleagues, they're, they're all, you know, a lot of them are very you know, other high achieving people and come from different backgrounds. So actually it's it's kind of a lot of fun and, you know, a lot of jokes going around and, um, you know, it's a fun atmosphere where people are, are working hard, uh, but also, you know, enjoy being at work. So what do you do for fun? Uh, so, I mean, it's uh, been limited the last year, right? But, um, I've been enjoying the outdoors a lot. I got a bike last year, so I've uh, all, all last summer, and then this year I'm starting, although the weather was kind of, you know, not so great today, but I've been biking to work. Uh, I like to play tennis. I'm a big hockey fan, so I watch hockey. I play hockey. Uh, I like swimming, and um, I've, I've kind of got into a lot more backcountry camping. So I'll go drive out to the mountains and then basically climb up the mountain, you know, find somewhere to camp and then uh, come back down. Um, so what was it like living in Toronto as a kid? You know, it's funny. I, I, as a kid, I never really, um, I don't, I'm not sure if I ever went to the CN Tower, even though I live right there. So, you know, a lot of things you might ex expect, you know, in Toronto, we, we lived in the north part and it's grown a lot since I lived there. But, uh, you know, I use the public transport a lot. So I'd probably be on the subway a lot more on the buses. But other than that, it was pretty normal. And I didn't really go downtown too often. Like I lived in the northern part of town. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like it's definitely maybe uh, quite a lot more diverse people from different backgrounds, uh, probably more predominant in the big cities in Canada. What was school like for you when you were younger? I probably, I guess I see, I heard you guys talking about, uh, you know, Google devices, or I'm not sure if uh, what kind of technology you guys are working in. Um, we had some, you know, similar stuff, like I had a laptop in high school, um, but, but definitely maybe a little, less technology and more kind of, um, you know, old fashioned, I guess you would call it, but school for me, it was probably similar in the sense that, 
Um, I, I really like math and I really excelled in math. Um, some of the other subjects, like I had a hard time in French, you know, I'm kicking myself now because, you know, it's such a valuable tool to have, but at the time I didn't really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess probably, probably same as you guys. Um, you know, it's, I guess, bittersweet. There's good and bad, right? But like, I enjoyed, you know, uh, playing with my friends, playing in sports at school and stuff like that. So that was good. What do you specifically remember about grade seven? Uh, grade seven, let me think. Okay. It, I, I'd say grade eight for me was more memorable. I'm, I'm not sure what, what it, uh, age your school goes to, but for me, grade eight was like grad. But actually in grade seven, I moved schools to and into grade eight to another school. So I was in a Catholic school before that. Um, yeah, I, I think I was, um, you know, just volunteering and doing different stuff and playing sports. So not, nothing like that really stands out. The hard part, is, like, I think you guys are talking about it too, is, you know, it was hard to get a lot of connections to the world. Like you, you do everything theoretical, you know, you study science and stuff or STEAM. Uh, aspects, but then to find people or to talk to people that were actually doing it. Like for me, I, I studied engineering, but when I was young, I didn't know what an engineer did. You know, so so I guess making that connection sometimes is difficult. I want to have Grady come up here and ask you a question. Sure. Uh, hi. What do you need to be able to join the Canadian Armed Forces? Um, for most people, I think it's 17 or 18, you can apply. If you want to be an officer, you need a degree. Uh, a lot of times at the same time at 18, they'll accept you and you'll go and do school first and then you do your training. So basically just be, uh, you know, done high school and, um, you know, mo you know, somewhat healthy as well. And then for a pilot in specific, yeah, so you need to be an officer to be a pilot. So you need to have a degree. You can either have it before or, or you can get it as part. Um, yeah, so that would be it. Thank you. No problem. Um, if, someone were about to, if someone were to write a book about you, what would it be a good title? That's, <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to think about that, but I guess like maybe, um, hmm. yeah, let me, let me get back to you on that one later in the, in the podcast. Okay. Um, I'm going to have oh, okay, I got one, but it's probably already a title is full throttle. How about that? Um, I'm going to have JB come up here and ask you a question. Sure. All right. Um, have you ever had to do an emergency eject from a fighter jet? Whoa, Boston Bruins. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't yet. Uh, it's kind of our last resort. I've had some friends that have ejected. Um, not too many these days, but it's been a while. We've, we've had our last ejection probably about six years ago or so. You must be pretty safe, huh? I um, so I have some friends, guys I trained with. Uh, you know, there was the snowbird ejection uh, down in the U.S. a couple of years ago. So that was my good buddy, and he used to be an army guy, like a parachutist. 
So he was even more, you know, ready for when that happened. Cause we don't actually ever train by jumping out of an airplane, like, you know, going parachuting. The only training we do is um, like, we'll practice it, the, the posture and stuff that you would hit the ground with. All right, um, thank, thank you for answering the question. No problem. Can you tell us about an experience where you're nervous and apprehensive and chose to participate anyways and gave your best effort? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess you guys could probably relate. Like they call it butterflies in the stomach, right? Or whatever, having some nerves. Um, a lot of times if I don't fly for a while, I'll get a little nervous before going into like a big mission. And, um, you know, the, the, the funny part about that is, is like most of the times when I have that nerve is, um, you know, or anxious, you know, kind of beforehand, it's usually doing something fun. You know, like I did go skydiving, like outside of the military um, or scuba diving or any of these like, like things that make you a little nervous, uh, but usually end up being a good experience. Okay. Um, in your opinion, what makes someone an expert? They, I think they said like 10,000 hours is kind of a benchmark of expert. And so I, I might not even be considered an expert in my field. I probably have like 2,500 hours of flying, um, half of that civilian or, or a little less than half, and then the other half military. Uh, but I guess if you add up all the hours that I spend at work studying and all that stuff, it'd probably be upwards of that. So I think it's a good a good measure. I would say like 10,000 is usually your benchmark for like what you'd consider like a, we call it a SME, like subject, subject matter expert. There's guys uh, and girls that know more than me as well in these fields. So I hope that uh, helps to answer your question. <laughs> You actually answered my next question too. Well, I'm gonna have Henry come up here and ask you a question. Hi. Hey, Henry. Um, why did you join the Canadian Armed Forces and not another branch of the military? And what are the benefits of being in the Air Force? Sorry, you mean why did I join the Air Force and not another branch? Yeah, okay. why did you join the Air Force? Well, my grandpa, uh, like I got the picture in the background, is flew a hurricane in World War II. Um, and then my dad was a pilot at Air Canada as well. So flying to me was, you know, a big part of my life growing up. And then when I looked at the Canadian Forces, it was, I don't know, I didn't really want to do anything but fly for them, uh, especially, you know, the F-18. So it was kind of my dream, and I don't think I would have taken anything less. Even though I do like, you know, sometimes we get to play army and, you know, go in the woods and shoot guns and stuff. So that's that's fun too to me. Um, I'm not sure if you guys, you know, maybe you guys play Call of Duty or something at home, but that's kind of how I grew up as well. So yeah, the Air Force, it was kind of a, just a natural fit for me. All right, thank you. been times you felt discouraged in an air for a pilot trainer sorry say that one again have there time have there been times that you've been felt discouraged as an air force pilot trainer as a tr like an instructor i'd say um yeah at times so we do have like a, a hierarchy that i do have instructors that i you know that have more experience and that 
sometimes, you know, you could, there's always uh, a learning point, right? There's always something you could have done better. And sometimes you have a bad flight, right? Like everyone has a bad day. And so at times like, yeah, you get some feedback that might be hard to, to stomach or maybe you don't agree with. Um, so sometimes that's a little discouraging. I think the harder part is being a student really. And for us, like, so being a student, it's a lot of like performance under pressure and you really learn a lot about yourself through the, the training phase. Uh, but for us as instructors, it's important to remember what it was like to be a student. I think it helps you out um, just respecting the learning curve that's involved. Um, what made you keep going in your career? Um, well, like for one, like there's a contract. So you, you, I, I'm not sure what it is now. I think it'd be about a 12 year contract for the military uh, in total for being a pilot. It's less for other trades. Um, but afterwards, I, I kind of, when I started flying civilian, I got my private license and stuff. I kind of just said, I'm going to fly until I don't have, I'm not having fun anymore. And, and I just kept flying. So for me, until I don't, if I'm not enjoying it, then I'll probably end up doing something else. Um, what do you think this failure has to do with success? Also, when did you fail and how did it help you? Uh, yeah, you have to know how to fail i think like you um like i was saying it in as a student right like you you fall off the horse you get back on um and and learning to to learn from it is the biggest thing like i said everyone does it even even our top guns are our people that are you know the most experienced have bad days uh make mistakes but if you're learning from it then it's kind of mission accomplished Okay, um, I'm gonna have Ricky come up here and ask you a question. Okay. Hi, my name is Ricky, and my question for you is, was being an Air Force pilot trainer your first choice of career? Uh, originally, so most of my life, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I, I didn't know that it was always, you know, I didn't know how realistic it was. And at some point I, I ended up doing a co-op in high school as a mechanic and from there i decided i wanted to go into engineering to learn to design cars and then i guess around that same time i started rethinking uh, about wanting to be a fighter pilot so at that point i kind of directed my life towards achieving that thank you for answering my question no problem So tell us about a time, tell us about someone you looked up to when you were younger. Yeah, I, I mean, my brother was my biggest, probably my biggest influence. Uh, he was a bit older than me and a bit cooler. Um, so he was going into engineering. I ended up going into engineering. He wanted to be a fighter pilot. I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Um, and then he just kind of had a like a really good heart, like a heart of gold. And it made me a better person. And I guess that's part of it is like, you know, if you set your goals high, even if you don't get all the way there, um, the journey is sometimes, you know, worth it, right? And you end up um, achieving a lot of things regardless. You know, things like might not ever always work out the way you expected, but, um, but 
a lot of the things that you do to better yourself, you're not going to regret. At this time, I'm going to open up the mic for any student to ask a question that they might have. Hi, my name is Maddox, and my question is: How? What's the fastest you fastest you've gone in a air in a in a jet? Yeah, um, we go supersonic quite a bit, so above the speed of sound. So it's like it's measured in Mach. So probably Mach 1.2. So 1.2 times the speed of sound. And that would be, it depends the air density, but normally it's about 600 and some uh, miles per hour. So I would have gone about 700 miles per hour. So about 1200 kilometers per hour. Thanks for answering my question. No problem. Hi, um, have you or anybody you trained ever crashed? Yeah, um, I mean, not, no one that I've trained, um, but I've trained with people uh, who have crashed. Most of the, it's a small military sometimes. Like I think we have 1,200 pilots or so uh, at any time. So a lot of the people you maybe see in the news, uh, the snowbird crash last year, that was people I, I had met um, six months before that, I was I was involved with a conference with them, and then the Tom McQueen in Cold Lake. He was around the same time in training as me, but he hit the ground uh, a few years ago. Yeah, so and I mean, it's part of our our job is that it is it can be dangerous, and yeah, it it definitely sucks losing uh, friends. Thank you for answering my question. No problem. Hi. Hello. My name is Elizabeth, and my question is, how does your engineering background apply to your current position? Okay. You know, on a day-to-day, -day, maybe I don't do a lot of the stuff that I studied necessarily, but the um, general understanding, I find that engineering teaches you how to think in a different way. And the airplane can be pretty complicated with regards to technology. And so understanding that technology, having that engineering background uh, helps. But for me, I'm more like, I, I, I do less the science now and I'm more on the user side. So I use that technology to you know achieve something in the air. Okay, thank you. No problem. Hello, me again. Um, if you had to be moved to a different branch of the military, where would you go to? I, <laughs> I guess maybe if I was younger, I would probably say special forces. I think they're pretty awesome. All right, thank you for answering my question. No problem. Hello, uh, can you explain the different branches of the Canadian Armed Forces? Yep, uh, so I'm in the Air Force. We also have the Canadian Army and then, uh, sorry, the Royal Canadian Army and then the Royal Canadian Navy. Uh, sometimes you'll see special forces separate to that. And then also now we're looking at um, like kind of not a space force, but uh, space command. And so, yeah, so I mean, if you compare it to the US, 
where their Navy, their Marines, their Army, they all have uh, aviation assets. In Canada, our, our airplanes and helicopters all belong to the Air Force. That's the main difference. Thank you. Rob. Hi, my name is Timur. My question is, we'll have two questions. Are you allowed to wear glasses in the Air Force? And what are the vision requirements? Yes, you can wear glasses as a pilot. And some people that I've trained or trained with um, wear glasses. The, the actual vision requirements, uh, you'd have to probably, you know, either talk to a recruiting center when you're maybe a little older or look it up online. Um, I think it's correctable to 2020, but I, I'm just not sure. So I don't want to give you bad information. I also have a few friends that have done laser eye surgery as well. Um, so, and that was about 10, when I was applying, that was when the rules kind of changed where you don't necessarily need to have perfect vision from birth. Now, as long as it's correctable in some way, you should be good to go. Okay, thank you for answering my question. No problem. Hi, my name's Todd, and what's your dream aircraft to fly? Uh, well, I'll avoid some of the, you know, contenders in our next fighter competition. Uh, but I'd say the F-22 Raptor would be awesome. I don't know if you know that one, but uh, yeah. the air dominant of our generation. Okay, thank you for answering my question. No problem. Hi, my name is Regan, and how has COVID affected your work life? So um, at the beginning, we were down in California training at the time that COVID uh, or the time that Canada started imposing restrictions. So it was kind of a, a bit of a hurry to get home. And then some or a lot of people ended up quarantined when they got home for us. We're used to going in every day. I can't really work from home, but we found ways to work from home for stuff you can work from home for. So it's gave us a little bit more balance, but I don't know about you guys, but I, I find my stress levels are maybe five to 10% more than normal kind of living in these this day and age. So uh, I guess like managing your stress levels um, and making sure that it doesn't affect your flying is is kind of a, you know, important thing to do. And then, so for a while there, we were kind of like min requirements, like what do I need to keep my my license kind of, uh, or my proficiency. So we might've been flying once a week or, you know, every other day for a while. We split up into teams. Um, for me, I used to fly two planes. I flew the Hawk and the Hornet at the same time. Uh, but it was difficult to go from squadron to squadron because no one wanted any mixing to occur. So it, it definitely has an effect and it still does. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of finding ways to manage that extra stress. Thanks for answering my question. You're welcome. Thank you for coming, Daniel. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. We learned a lot about the Air Force. Thanks to my, thank you to my classmates for the questions. Thank you, listeners, and have a great day. Stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks a lot, Logan. It's a pleasure to talk to everyone.
We'd love to hear from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.